always spend some time asking, what am I not asking you that I should know? What am I forgetting? Because we may have a blind spot there too. Ask them for what they think we should really be working on now. Sometimes you can be really surprised by the answers. Welcome back to the Faculty Factory Podcast. I'm Kim Skrupski, the Associate Dean for Faculty Development in the School of Medicine at Johns Hopkins. And on today's podcast, we have Dr. Wendy Ward. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Kim. Well, thanks so much for coming back, Wendy. Folks, if you've been listening by now, you've heard some wonderful episodes from Dr. Wendy Ward. She is the Director of Interprofessional Faculty Development and the Associate Director of Professional Wellness at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences. And her background is she's a clinical psychologist and has expertise in her specialties in pediatric psychology. And she has given some great tips and advice on not only interprofessional education, but two or three snippets by now on preparing for promotion, work-life balance and integration, and leadership skills. So, Wendy, what do you have for us today? I thought it would be interesting to talk about 10 things that you can ask your mentor to help those who are just establishing their mentor-mentee relationship, some things to ask to get it started. Perfect. So, in that first sort of meeting, and sometimes it's the first time you've ever met a mentor, if it's a structured or formal program where you're assigned someone, or it could be someone that you know a little but maybe don't know a lot and you're really hoping to learn a lot from them, but that first meeting can feel a little uncomfortable. So one of the things I suggest that people do as they're starting to build that relationship is ask their mentor to tell some stories. Things like, Can you tell me about a time when you had a difficult situation and how you managed it as a leader? Or what was the most important lesson you learned to help you be successful with promotion? Or how do you develop the skill of speaking so engagingly in front of others uh, or reference another skill that your mentor is uh, successful with? And then some of my favorites are what mistakes have you made or tell me about at a time when you had a really difficult boss or colleague and how you dealt with that situation. And these kinds of questions do two things. First of all, it takes you from an awkward, uncomfortable place to a place of sharing. It puts your mentor in a place of uh, providing open conversation. And, you know, some of those questions help make them feel vulnerable, which will help you as a mentee feel vulnerable. And starting to build that trust It's also kind of a fun way to start as opposed to here's my CV and here's what I've done so far. It it kind of kicks it off in a more fun way. Wendy, I've never, we've had, you know, people talking about mentoring on the, on the Faculty Factory podcast and nobody has ever mentioned that. And I love it. I love the storytelling approach, especially with a new mentor, because you're right. It, um, it flips the, the, the stage from, a mentor thinking, oh, okay, here we go. Now I have to, you know, get my mind on someone else. But people like to talk about themselves. And it is an opportunity for the mentor to reflect on where they are now and and maybe then have a different perspective of why this this relationship is so valuable. Because, you know, we are all, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs trying to, you know, give back and be self-actualized. So I really, really like that approach of, you know, tell me about you flipping the tables on that. So love it. Thank you. 
Well, thank you. I, yeah, I see a mentor-mentee relationship is really a developmental progression, and you, that first stage is the hardest one to navigate. As the relationship deepens, you can be more strategic in your questioning. You've already built that uh, circle of trust, that um, openness, uh, and mutual uh, storytelling. Uh, and then you can really get into some things that are pretty important. The second question I would think about as you move into that developmental stage, is strategic planning for promotion. What exactly should I be doing now and over the next few weeks? In one of my other podcasts, I talked about trying to have a plan for each six months, the goals to achieve, so that you take that promotion and tenure guideline, and instead of waiting until the last minute and having to rush to get it all done, you kind of sprinkle it across the years between now and then. And so your mentor could really be helpful in um, helping you shape that strategic plan. And they may have some really good tips and tricks for that particular institution's situation to help you plan. Yeah. yeah. Number three would be reviewing your CV and then later on reviewing your promotion packet. Um, just because a mentor-mentee relationship has been mostly conversational, it doesn't mean that they can't give you practical advice on a tangible product. And so providing your CV, especially if you're going up for a promotion or if you're going up for uh, a leadership role or something like that can be extremely helpful to, to getting feedback. Um, same thing with the promotion packet. Many really good mentors have been asked to look at packets before. They kind of have an eye for what is a great way to present things, what isn't a great way to present things, and then also since they know you, they might be able to say, oh, you haven't mentioned this. I think that's something really important about you. Let's find a way to work it in. Yeah. So that'd be another thing I would think about. As that relationship continues and you're asking for less specific advice, um, you might be asking more about help in a particular situation. So instead of just related to your uh, success as an academician, but it might be how to handle a difficult conversation, how to advocate for more resources for a program or for a raise or other budgetary changes, those kinds of difficult conversations. A mentor may be able to walk you through how best to strategically approach that with your target audience, and maybe you could even practice it with them and get some feedback during a role play session. All of those things uh, mentors can be very helpful with. Love it. Uh, number five, ask them to help you with self-awareness. Now, that might seem rather odd. We hope, we all hope that we have an openness to looking at our strengths as they're developing and also looking at our weaknesses and trying to develop them in a purposeful way. But sometimes we can have some blind sides. Mm -hmm. And so asking your mentor, and again, in that trusting relationship, to remark upon what they see as your strengths might provide new insights and then also to comment on weaknesses and ways that those could be developed. I think you can um, underappreciate their ability to see you in a little bit different way, maybe a little clearer way than you can see yourself, and you can capitalize on that by asking a few questions like, how am I viewed? What do you see are my strengths? What do you see are some of my weaknesses or blind spots, and how can I improve those? I love those, Wendy, and particularly the idea if you're new to an institution, your mentor knows the culture. So you might be, or one of us might be thinking, well, I, I have a pretty good awareness. I've got pretty high emotional intelligence. I know where my blind spots are. I know when I tend to be, you know, talking a lot or, 
you know, whatever it may be. But what's different about a new institution or new, even a department or division or new collaborative team is every place has their own culture. So whereas a certain characteristic might fit well in a culture, um, that, that very same um, trait might rub some people the wrong way, especially in combinations of different people. So I think that you know, you've, you've hit on something really great there. That mentor has a, a unique perspective, maybe not only of observing you, but seeing that fit in the culture, right? Exactly, exactly. So they will be able to take that cultural context and your strengths as you're presenting them and really help you fit as best you can into the culture that you're assimilating into. Yeah. Love it. The next question I would ask is, how would you like me to follow up? What are my action items? And the reason why I like that one, it's easy to get into a conversational style with a mentor and then nothing happens between meetings. And really, if you're best utilizing advice, guidance, feedback, it should translate into some action items. It might be working on a work project that you can then report in at the next visit. It could be working on an interpersonal approach or practicing a difficult conversation and then debriefing with them. Uh, and then also, I encourage mentees to take a strong role in setting up times for mentors. Mentors are often very busy individuals, can be difficult to get on their calendar, so trying to make sure that you have that next one scheduled before you uh, conclude can all be helpful items uh, to come to cover. Yep. Number eight, professional wellness tips. Now, there are some mentor-mentee relationships that you will not feel comfortable opening up about this particular area, but as a mentor myself, I feel uh, obligated to bring this up with my mentees because if we are not somehow providing advice, counsel, tips, and tools for how to make it through this wonderful uh, career in academic medicine, we're doing a disservice given the high degree of stress and uh, potential for burnout. And so if your mentor hasn't brought it up and you want to have that conversation and feel comfortable in that particular relationship, I would really encourage you to ask them, what do they do to manage the stress of the job? And do, do they have any suggestions for you? Mm -hmm. You might also talk with them specifically about balancing childcare, for instance, or elder care. Be more specific in your ask, how do I manage a really busy clinical schedule? And still engage in scholarly work. All of those questions, whether broad or specific, can really pull for that kind of content in your mentor-mentee conversation. Yep. Number nine, I love this one. Always spend some time asking, what am I not asking you that I should know? What am I forgetting? Ah. Because we may have a blind spot there too. You know, um, ask them for what they think we should really be working on now. Uh, and sometimes you can be really surprised by the answers. I never thought about that. What have I not asked <laughs> you that I should have asked you? <laughs> that is such a great question. They, prob they probably exactly. look at you like, what, what do you mean? Um, or, or maybe actually, <laughs> yeah, thinking, well, yeah, I was actually kind of surprised that you didn't ask me about the, the budget or that big political thing that happened that may affect the way this is going to, you know, the leadership structure is going to be. I'm kind of surprised you didn't ask me about that. Um, so, yeah, that's exactly. really cool And if you don't ask, they might not bring it up. They might feel like you know enough about that or you would have asked. <laughs> so good thing to do. And then number 10, and this is really one, 
thinking about the ending of a mentor-mentee relationship, I certainly know I had mentors at certain stages in my career that were not just impactful, but crucial to my development. And and yet the mentor-mentee relationship didn't survive long periods of time. It was there in the right moment. And then um, we ended up going separate ways. Or there's others that I've had for decades that continue to be useful. Uh, Sometimes that mentor-mentee relationship drifts from that into colleagues and supportive colleagues. So whatever is happening toward the end of your mentor-mentee relationship, um, or even if you're just um, passing a milestone like promotion, I would spend some time thanking them and really highlighting what it is about their mentorship for you that was extra helpful, that helps guide them as they build their own mentor skills. Uh, but also it's kind of a nice thing to do for someone who spent a significant amount of time and energy mm-hmm. helping you with your career. Mm-hmm. So I would thank you, and then I would think about, when you're ready, paying it forward, working with mentees of your own in the next step down in the career path. So if you're early career, mentor fellows. If you're mid-career, mentor early career. Help them through the steps that you have just mastered. You'll be highly adept at coming up with tips and tools if you've just gone through that situation. That is so wonderful. You are exactly right. What a great, great list. Folks, you have just heard 10 wonderful tips of questions to ask your mentor from Dr. Wendy Ward at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences. Wendy, you were wonderful as usual. Thank you so much. (laughs) No problem. Nice to be here. Talk to you later. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. The mission of the Faculty Factory is to build and support a community of leaders in faculty development who share tools, resources, wisdom, and encouragement in service to our faculty members, schools, and institutions. We encourage you to go to facultyfactory.org to find out more, get in touch with me, ask me any questions. Maybe you want to be interviewed on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. We'll see you next time. The Faculty Factory podcast and website is sponsored by the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine Office of Faculty. For more information, visit facultyfactory.org.